Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hello, enthusiasts. This is your co-host, Jessica Gardner. Welcome to another exciting episode of The First Drop. The First Drop is where we interview fellow ACE members about brand new coasters that they have ridden. Today, we'll be hearing about Batman Gotham City Escape at Park Warner Madrid, Tutatis at Park Asturi, and Primordial at Lagoon. So let's get it started. First up, John Davidson talks to member of the ACE YouTube team. Please welcome Luke Reynolds. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Batman Gotham City Escape because you're lucky enough to get to go to Madrid, which I'm definitely <laughs> jealous. Before we jump into that, I wanted to get everybody to get to know you a little bit better. So what do you consider your home park? Uh, so I recently just uh, moved back home to San Diego. So right now it'd be a SeaWorld San Diego, which I'm sea very World happy. SeaWorld San Diego. I have never been there. That's on my list. Yeah. They keep adding coasters every year. <laughs> you got you to love that. So yeah. uh, what what got you into coasters anyway? Um, I, I just think I've always been. So I think before coasters, I was into trains. San Diego has this light rail trolley system. And I remember when I was little, just taking it all the way to the end and back. And then just quickly discovering roller coasters and switching over to that. Hey, well, you know what? That's, I mean, there are plenty of parks that have trains. I mean, there's, there's a decent yeah. crossover. We probably have ACE members that count how many trains they've been on. <laughs> so the reason we're here, Batman Gotham City Escape, you got to go. When did you get to go there? Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, let me see. When did it open? It opened in May. So I think I got there sometime in June. I, I remember it was a month, within a month of it opening. So it probably had to be around the beginning of June. It still is a park that I think a lot of people probably have on their bucket list because it is a more well-known park, in my opinion, at least from my perspective. So you mentioned the theming. Why don't you start there? Yeah. So, I mean, that that's pretty much the start of the, like the queue line is, was one of the parts that I was the most impressed by because that's the part you don't see, you know, during construction. Um, so you're like, you actually go into like Bruce Wayne's house and like, that's the, that's the story. The ride actually has a storyline to it, which I greatly appreciated. You go in, you're, you're getting a tour of Bruce Wayne's house and then obviously things go wrong and the villains are attacking in Bruce Wayne's house, I guess. And so, so then you have to go escape out of like down this back alleyway, which then leads you through like Batman's, you know, area. And then you see all the cool Batman things and then you, you get on the Batmobile, which is the ride car and escape. And hence, I guess, the Gotham City Escape title of the ride. So, so that was really cool. Um, ah, so the, I, the answer to the age old question, does Batman live in Bruce Wayne's basement? Or Bruce uh, Wayne? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> I think they, they kept, they keep like, it, I, it was really funny the way they they say it in the pre-show, but it's like, oh yeah, they can't go down the secret way or something, and then you go down there anyway. So if somebody hasn't seen or heard about this ride, what would you compare it the most to? Um, and that's a that's a tricky one because visually it looks like Velocicoast with the top hat like centered in the park, 
um, the same track style and everything. Um, but it's it, the pacing is so much different. I would say Velocicoaster is much more fast paced. And this one, this one has a lot of intentionally slow moments. So, for example, the top hat has a, has a holding brake um, that doesn't stop you. It just slows you down, which, which increases the moment of you cresting the, the hill, um, which, which does add a lot of thrill to at least the people that we saw riding it or the people that were in the car with us. And then it also has a lot of like longer moments of hang time over some of the inversions. So, so it, is, it, is, it does feel a lot different. Um, in that way. And then in addition, the, the, since the trains are so short, it has a lot of smaller, quirkier maneuvers, kind of like Maverick. But then once again, Maverick is super fast paced, um, whereas this one has a lot more little slow elements to it. Sounds intriguing. So yeah. without giving it away, are any of those slow moments, slow moments uh, surprises or clearly the holding brake you'll be able to see from the queue because the top hat's visible for everybody? But uh, is there any other surprises along their way? Um, I'd say if, if you're a coaster enthusiast, no. <laughs> like, no, you'll, no, see no. The, you'll see the stall or you'll see it, watch it from the queue going around some of the inversions very slowly. Um, and so, so, yeah, if you like hang tough, yeah, I, I think that would be a better comparison. It's like if you've been on full throttle at Magic Mountain, oh. some, of those, some of those upside down moments feel a lot more like that than your typical Intamin, you know, fast-paced coaster. Well, cool. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a good uh, comparison. So if we walk back to, you talked us through the queue. Um, so then is the loading, and you said the trains, and you were starting to compare those to a Velocicoaster. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Fill us they, in. They have three car trains, and they only load one at a time. No unload station, one load and unload station for a three car train because they have one of the coolest coasters in the world, but they can't, they only load 12 people at a time and their loading is not the fastest. It's too <laughs> bad. Whereas on Malaza Coaster, they're pumping people out like incredibly quickly. This one, you're, you're, you're almost there and you see everyone loading and you're still crawling to get on the ride. Well, well, Velocicoaster is a well-oiled machine, but they have a yes. lot of labor involved. In, yes, you know the you know the lockers, and then they've they've got multiple people queuing queuing folks up, and it's so so I I can definitely understand why a park would would not uh, commit to that amount of labor to get the to get the throughput, but that, that is somewhat frustrating when you're so close and you just see yeah. it coming. <laughs> so, so you said that the seats were only, it's only a three car train. So that did the, that change the sensations, the uh, forces? Kind of, like I said, some of the turns are a little faster and a little bit, bit more fast, like in the, in the short, fast pace sections, it does feel a little bit more like Maverick with some of the turns. Um, I think there is, there's one moment that I guess, spoiler alert, if you don't. Oh, careful, <laughs> careful. No spoilers. If you, if you watch a POV, you can see it, but, okay. but there is one moment and like when you're, I think it's after like a dive loop sort of element that it doesn't, it starts to pull out, but then it starts to drop again, further down into a trench. So you get like this airtime pop and there's a piece of theming above you. So you're like kind of launched upwards towards the theming, which is really cool. That was probably my favorite moment of the whole ride. 
I think you did a great job explaining that without spoiling it. All right. So any other cool ride experience moments like that? Uh, so I mean, maybe maybe a better question would be, um, is the theming as good on the ride as it is in the queue? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. The long answer, it's, right better, to the point. Than, it's better than could be expected for for such a fast-paced ride. I think I find that my my preference for theming is for roller coasters to have like a dark ride section before. And then once they go fast, you don't, you can't really appreciate the theming very well when you're going so fast. And so I don't, I personally don't mind when they skimp out on theming during yeah. incredibly fast portions of a ride. As, yeah, as long as it's, you know, like well landscaped and fits in well with the area, um, which this one, this one is, is very well placed in the middle of the park and it's, it's like, it stands out and looks right. good. So uh, launch, you mentioned the launch, but you haven't really talked about it. Can you talk about the launch without spoiling it? Oh, uh, I guess. So honestly, the, the launch didn't really leave an impression, not good or bad. It was okay. obviously, obviously better than a Copperhead Strikes launch, <laughs> um, but probably, probably not as, as intense as Maverick's launch. So it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's there. It's like I well, said, I looked it up. It's 65 miles an hour or 104 kilometers an hour. So that's not, that's a, that's a, that's a high paced yeah. ride. I think, and because it, it has multiple launches. So the first one doesn't launch you very fast. Got it. And then the second one, you come in it, into it with, with a good amount of speed. And I think that's the one that gets you all the way up there. Yes. The, the taking you from a roll, you're, yeah. already, you're already going and then decreases it. So, yeah, so a few a few other stats for the stat for the stat uh, hungry people. So it's just under two minutes. So that's a pretty decent ride length for that amount of speed. And uh, track length is just over a, a thousand meters. So that's 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 a pretty decent ride. Do you happen to remember what the uh, the height was? Uh well, I'm looking at the stats right now. <laughs> hundred and forty <laughs> hundred and forty eight feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty good top hat. So, well, I appreciate you getting on here and talking us through that deep oh, yeah. diving oh, into this. I oh, forgot. Yeah. I forgot one element, and this might be another spoiler. Although, if you've seen the POV, you see it. Um, but the end for the to, to kind of finish up on the theming side, the end does have theming. And, awesome. And a turntable. So they, they're, the way they break you super weird. I would say that there's a back spike, which didn't do much of anything for anyone I was with other than slow you down huh? um, at the very end of the ride and then kind of takes you backwards back into this turntable where I did appreciate there was theming that actually closes out the story that they start in the in the queue line. And so I did appreciate that. And then we got to, and then the, the turntable turns you around. So you get a good view of the theming in there. And then you, you come right out into the station. Well, that's cool. So, so that was a good to ride it. I only got to ride it once. So funny story. I got to ride it once, but I was on there for a good 20 minutes because the turntable got stuck while we were on it. And <laughs> so, so you not only got to ride it, you also got an evac credit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I got to take a good long look at that theming in the last section there. Um, and then the ride went down for at least five hours the rest of the day. So I did not get to ride it again. Oh, <laughs> disappointing ends to a, what yeah. sounds like a pretty awesome ride. So yeah, any, it is. any other overarching thoughts before I let you go? 
Um, like I, I love the idea and I love, I love the, the effort they put into it. And I think, I think since I was there within the first month, they still had a, a lot of, you know, those growing pains when you open a new, a new semi prototype, um, type of a ride. And so I, w- I do look forward to seeing, seeing the grow into the park and seeing it be operated much better. And I do, I do love the amount of effort and care that went into the design of the ride. And I hope that that kind of DC ride starts making it to Six Flags parks here in the U.S. Um, because that, that is super cool. Yes, that would be awesome. Well, Mr. Luke Reynolds, thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thanks for having me. And now I'm here with someone who just had a very exciting European vacation and is here to tell us about Tutatis. It's our very own podcast project manager, Corey Wooten. Corey, how's it going today? Hey, Jessica, I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Good. I am so excited because I have held off on asking you about your Euro trip. (laughs) I feel like this is finally the moment that I get to hear all about it. But before we dive in, uh, tell everybody where you're from. I'm originally from Sanford, North Carolina. I currently live in Greensboro, North Carolina, which if you don't know Greensboro, I'm about an hour and 15 minutes north of Carowinds, which is my home park. That's exactly what we go by how far away are you from right <laughs> that's exactly how acers introduced themselves what got you into coasters originally Corey? um my mom actually i started at a pretty young age my first i, I remember my first inverted coaster more than i remember like my very first coaster but i want to say my first coaster was the scooby-doo's ghoster coaster at carowinds which i believe now is woodstock express Um, But my first inverted coaster was definitely Carolina Cyclone. And that's kind of what took me over the edge. And I rode that when I was nine years old. And I rode it because my older sister and my cousin were picking on me for being scared. So then I rode it and I was like, oh, wow, this is fun. And it just stayed with me my entire life. And became obsessed from there. You specifically, I'll never forget at Carowinds, were really showing us around. This is during CoasterCon 45, of course, Mm. uh, and just really making us feel like, just you really wanted to soak up this, wanted us to soak up your home park and like really feel how wonderful it was. I know you're such a big fan of that park and specifically of Fury 325. Is that correct? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Who doesn't love Fury? Is that I your have, number one? Um, I, I try to stay unbiased to my home okay. park by ranking <laughs> when I rank coasters. So I will say my number one overall is the Smiler at Alton Towers. Um, oh. However, within Carowinds, Fury is definitely my number one. I have Fury tattooed on me. So. Yes, yes, it's absolutely amazing. In fact, maybe we should drop a picture of that in the in the notes. <laughs> sure, <laughs> we can. Picture <laughs> of it. Um, and so, for those who don't know, can you just quickly uh, tell everybody what you do as the project manager of the podcast? Of course. So I essentially make sure that everything from the original audio to when the audio is finalized, um, up to like the show notes and just the album art and everything. I make sure everything's pulled together each week for the podcast and then run it by Derek, of course, for publishing. And then Derek it gets Perry, published. communications director. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, yeah, and this is your background, right? You've been doing uh, this type of work for a while. Yeah. 
Yes, I've been in project management for roughly five years now, but overall I've worked in tech for about 10. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thanks for volunteering for ACE. We're so lucky to have you. Of course. And thank you for being a great show co-host and for everything that you do for ACE as well. Oh, thanks. It's just a love fest over here on the podcast team. All right. (laughs) So you planned this amazing Euro trip. Tell, Tell everybody about it. How long did you plan it for and how long was the trip? So I originally wanted to do this trip years ago, probably about five or so years ago, this trip has been in the making. So I started, it started with my good friend from Amsterdam. Her name is Francesca. So I'll give her a little shout out. Um, But we were talking and she just really wanted me to visit Amsterdam. And so one day she's like, well, I don't know if you're ever going to come see me. And if you know anything about me, it's, I will do anything if you tell me that I can't do it or I won't do it. (laughs) So when she was like, oh, well, I don't know if you're ever going to come visit Amsterdam. I was like, okay, bet. So I went online and booked a plane ticket. (laughs) And I was like, hey, guess what? I'm coming to Amsterdam. So then we started planning. She helped me plan a lot of it. And we decided to go to a few different theme parks while I was there. So we started out at Efteling. um, And then we went to Paris where we went to Park Asterie. I believe that's the correct pronunciation not asterisk yeah well <laughs> the american version would be asterisk but yeah i think it's asteri asteri um, okay and then we went to cologne germany where of course we went to fantasia land which was amazing and then from there we went to brussels and we were supposed to go to plopsa land for ride to happiness but our like transportation options got mixed up. So we didn't make it to Plopsaland. However, we did go from Brussels to London and that's where we went to Alton Towers and then to Thorpe Park. And that wrapped up the trip. So overall, um, yeah, Efteling, Park Estuary, Fantasialand, Alton Towers and Thorpe Park were the five parks that we visited. Um, 38 new credits overall. And I'll say, yeah, so the Smiler that's when the Smiler became my number one officially. Really? Wow. Why? Yeah. What What about it? It's just everything about it. It's so like smooth, but also intense, but not intense. And really a lot of it was the theming, like just everything about it was just so cool to me. Um, and it's, it's like each time that I wrote it, it was like a new ride. Like it felt different. So it's, it's just really an incredible coaster. So let's talk about, to Tata's at Park Asteri, because that is uh, the coaster that we are focusing on today for the first drop. First drop, we always talk about coasters that just open that many people haven't been on and get an Acer's perspective on it. So tell me about this coaster. Uh, When in your trip did you ride it? So the trip began on September 15th. And I was at this park on September 17th. So it was on a Sunday. Have you ever ridden anything that you would say is similar to it? Yes, I have. I've ridden Pantheon at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, which is known, I guess, as like the brother coaster to to Tatis. So to Tatis, for those who don't know, uh, this is a steel launch coaster, correct? Yes, it is. Made by Intamin, manufactured by Intamin, correct? Yep. We love yeah. Intamin over here. Well, they do, right? And so w- what was like the theming, would you say? 
So the theming is, I did a little research on it, but someone that lives in Paris and that this is their home park, don't, I hope they're not listening. Um, <laughs> I believe it's based off of like an ancient god. And okay. that's like mostly the gist of what I know. Um, but it's very, I would say the theming is like tribal in a way. Interesting. Um, well, I've never been to Park Astory. Can you kind of describe that? Does does it have like the different lands? Like, does it have that sort of vibe? Are there different like what what kind of park is it? So it it is a theme park. It's themed to I think it's Astory and Obelix, and they're they're two like characters that are I believe they were in comics. Um, but the park itself, it kind of has more like a widespread layout. So there's not like different sections or anything. It's a huge park. So, um, from one side to the other, like to go from, I would say, uh, Tonnerre de Zeus, which is one of their wooden coasters. It's a CCI. It's on one side of the park. Tutatis is on another side of the park and walking from deck from that coaster to Tutatis is probably 15 to 20 minutes. So the park itself is very spread out, um, but it is beautiful. It's got a great collection of coasters, but the theming is kind of just like all throughout the park. Interesting. So it's like Tutatis. I just Googled it. (laughs) So what does Tutatis mean in English? And it says it's a Celtic god who was worshipped primarily in ancient Gaul and Britain meaning God of the tribe. So yeah, you're right on with your tribal. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) With your tribal impressions. Okay. So tell me about like this theming. Is there a pre-show? Like what is it in the queue or is it just basically when you get to the coaster? So the theming is all around the coaster. There's a little outside. I can't speak for the queue because I didn't go into the main queue, (laughs) but we'll get to that in a minute. Express pass? Um, not the all day one. That one had sold out, but I will say Tutatis was good enough. My friend, Fran, that I mentioned uh, just a little bit ago was with me at this park on this day. And we spent the money to ride Tutatis because let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, Park Estuary has like the single use fast lanes that you can buy. And it's called like below Tomati um, is what they call their like fast lane passes. But we'll just call them fast lane for sake of not like obliterating the pronunciation. <laughs> um, so You're yeah, doing they, a great job, by the way. This is hard. We, we're true. not French. So. so they have like the, you know, basic fast lanes like you can get here where you can go through and ride everything you want. However, at the point that we got to the park, they had sold out of those. So we essentially were like waiting in the queues for like the shorter rides because the queue for Tutatis when that park opens, oh my God, Jessica, it was out, like it spanned out past the end of the queue for like at least a football field, like yards and yards of people. It's a hugely popular attraction. Um, But yeah, like I mentioned, the wait times got kind of outrageous. So basically my friend... Fran and myself, we got the single-use fast lane for the coaster, and you can purchase those through the Park S3 app. Uh, they were $10 a piece, and we'll get into a little later how many times we utilize those, but <laughs> we got the first one because we saw the line, and we were like, oh my god, that's insane. So we went on the app, bought the fast passes, and so we get into the fast pass line, and literally 30 seconds 
pass of us being in line and one of the attendants comes through looking for two people and we're like oh yeah that's us so he pulls us out of the line to like board the coaster and we're in the front row what? like the very yeah the very first time we either of us had ever ridden to Tatis and we're just like pulled out of line because they need a group of two and they put us in the very front row and it was amazing um so yeah that my first experience was incredible because it just so happened that we ended up in the front row and we waited in line like maybe 25 30 seconds oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) so let's talk about loading since you got to load onto it so quickly (laughs) yeah so the loading process was actually pretty streamlined um in terms of loading from the queue it's pretty similar to how you'd load any other coaster. You go through the main queue line, of course, and then once you're in the station, you, you're you separated into each line. Um, and so the coaster holds 20 people. There's two to a row. And when they load, the first off, the dispatches are insanely good. So shout out to Park Astery on that. Because um, basically you load, and from the point that you load until you're exiting the station, literally 30 to 45 seconds tops like you're in they check your restraints like it's very like on point um but before you load like you might be wondering okay well what do i do with my stuff do i have to get a locker etc etc you don't basically you can take your bags into the line and then when you board the coaster someone comes through one of the ride attendants comes through with a cart that's kind of like your everyday shopping cart um, and they collect your bags in that cart. And then, so you go through the ride and do like, you enjoy the coaster, of course. And then when you get off, you just retrieve your items from the cart that you just place them in. And what? it's very streamlined. Yeah. Is that throughout the whole park or just on this coaster? Um, it's only, it's, I only saw it on this coaster and Osiris did it, which is the park's B&M invert. Um, but they had kind of like a different process with it it was just kind of like they basically before you loaded you would put it in a cart like in the queue rather than someone coming through to collect it and then they would just move the cart to the other side um but yeah this this coaster specifically like the attendant will come through as you're like waiting for the gates to open and collect your bags and then when the coaster finishes and you come back off to exit the cart is waiting for you at the exit. So like everyone basically gets on and gets off and you're not waiting for anyone to like grab their things or waiting for people to put things in a bin. It's just like you have to exit all the way out before you can get your items back. That is brilliant. No wonder loading is so fast. They just get you out of the way. Oh, wow. That's incredible. a queue line that long that you know it's it's very helpful for them to have a system like that really right that is so smart i hope other parks start to do that that'd be amazing to not have to cross over and fight for a cubby and deal with the people who are exiting you know like you're saying at the exit is where you pick up all your stuff that's oh that's so Mm -hmm. great (laughs) and you don't have to fight for it that's amazing Exactly. And you put everything in before you even board the coaster. So like, you're also not waiting for people to put their things up. Incredible. That's incredible. All right. So now walk me through into loading. What are, what are the seats like? What are the restraints like? So the restraints, if you've ridden Pantheon or any of the listeners have ridden Pantheon, they're pretty much exactly the same. Um, but for those that might not have ridden Pantheon, if you know like the more modern 
lap bar restraints that pull down over the shoulder. It's like that. Um, the seats themselves are very comfortable. You pretty much have the freedom to kind of like, I don't want to say fly around because that can scare some people out of wanting to ride it. But if you, if you like airtime and you like hang time, um, you, it's not like the kind of restraints that are like very tight down on your thighs. It's very comfortable. Um, and the restraints do pull down as over your lap, like a lap bar. So if you're like one of those kind of like Velocicoaster. Yes, exactly. Like Velocicoaster. Okay. Um, so if you prefer shoulder restraints and you don't feel safe without them, this might not be the ride for you. But otherwise, it's fantastic, and it's a very comfortable ride. It's a very smooth ride, and the seats themselves, the trains, are very comfortable to ride in. So now we're loaded, and we are we launching right away? Do we leave the station? How does it work? Sure. So you load, the attendant comes through, checks a restraint, and then there's like a really cool sort of like themed scene that where the fog machines start to smoke. And then you hear Tatis himself say something, but like it's kind of loud in the station. So honestly, I can't tell you what he says, but he says something in another language. And then you exit the station and you launch right away. And it's kind of like an easier launch at first. And you go through, I'm not even sure what they're calling that inversion, but it's where you like kind of sweep up to the right and hang a little bit and then you just come back around. Um, so you go into that and then you kind of circle around and little spoiler alert, but not really a spoiler. That's where the camera is. If you are planning on writing that poster and you like to strike a pose like I do, um, the camera <laughs> is like 20 seconds after you go out of the station, but before you go into the like main launch where the switch track comes in. All so, right. Hot tips. Good to know. Yes, absolutely. So like I said, exit the station little launch and then like one little inversion you circle around and then that's where you kind of curve to the right and go onto the second launch and go up the top hat and then of course as everyone knows you go backwards and launch again and then go back up the spike and then you launch again forward and go over the top hat and that's where i'm going to stop because there's some really good stuff that happens after that but it might be a little bit of a spoiler for people that haven't ridden it and don't want to um but yes we don't want spoilers for sure (laughs) if you do want the spoilers like just pay close attention after the top hat and any of the youtube povs you watch oh interesting okay not me i will not be watching the pov because i plan to go so So how long is the entire experience is about like time-wise I'd say roughly two to two and a half minutes um, okay. from loading to unloading. It, it's about similar to Pantheon. A little bit longer, I would say, though. Anything notable about unloading? Um, the unloading process really is that it's very quick and efficient. Like, they've got everything from loading to unloading figured out. And like I said earlier, you if you had items or you had a bag or anything, you have to exit the coaster and like go down the exit ramp to retrieve your items. So your items are at the exit waiting for you when you get off and they're picked up from you before you load. So that's really the main thing is how efficient the loading and unloading is because it's literally directly onto the train, directly off the train. And so you're not like waiting and for people to retrieve their stuff. You're not, yeah, you just go out the exit and it's right there. Brilliant. I think that's so great. So overall ride experience, what would you say? Oh, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. It's 10 a great 10. ride. Yes. It's such a good coaster. 
Um, just everything from the launch launches to the pacing to just like the thrill. And the thing is, I don't know if I already mentioned this, we wrote it six times. Um, and every experience, no matter like the different seats, every experience feels different and it feels still feels like a surprise in a way, but it's just an incredible coaster. It's very, it's a great addition to this park. So you wrote it six times, but you can't tell us about the queue. So are you telling me you bought six of the single use passes? We did. We did. Um, because I, I know a little about the queue from what I saw, but yeah, I must admit we never waited in the actual queue just because it was a theme park tour. So we only had like a day at each park and we couldn't right. really spend like three hours out of a day waiting to ride one coaster. And I will say it was worth it. Every penny. And so, yes. well, how many pennies was it? <laughs> what did it cost? So it was $10 per person and both myself and Fran bought passes. So Together it was 120 bucks, but yeah, oh 60, 60 each. 60 bucks each. Okay. Um, but absolutely worth every penny. So I think so. Where did you sit on the six times that you wrote it? Did you get back so, row? Yeah. The very first time, like I said, we got in the front row. So we were pretty much set after that. We were like, we can pretty much sit anywhere now. Um, and then it seemed like each other time we were kind of closer to the front. There was like a third and fourth row. I feel like we got rows three and four at least like twice each. Um, and then I think the furthest to the back we got was like row six or seven, but we never officially got like the back back row. And what was your favorite? Was front row the best? Oh, for sure. And I feel like that's kind of a bias too, because anytime that like you get lucky enough to get in the front row your very first time on a coaster, it kind of like yeah. wins it over for you. Because that was kind of the case yes. when I first rode Steel Vengeance at Cedar Point. I was just like, they're just like, oh, you're in the front row. And it was my very first time. So I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I feel that way too. I love first row. My first time, that's always the best. Um, so you spent $60. Oh, no, I, I need to correct that. Okay. So the the fast lanes were 10 of P. So yeah, it was $60 per person. Um, but in general, for the two of us, yeah, we spent $120 to ride two oh, Tatis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I mean, it was between two people. So yeah, 60 bucks each. But And that's <laughs> USD. Um, so yeah. Right. And how much were tickets to the park? How pricey is that park? I... Honestly, can't speak to that because Fran purchased the tickets as a birthday gift for me. So oh, I forgot to okay. mention this was like a birthday trip. And so my birthday was in August, but I took the trip in September. Um, so she actually surprised me with the tickets. And Fran, if we go back a little few minutes earlier, she's my good friend in Amsterdam. So she came to Paris for the weekend and we hung out. And then she went back to Amsterdam when my friend Ashley and I went to Cologne. So... Fran was with me at the park on this day, but she purchased the tickets as a birthday gift. So I don't, oh, I'm not entirely yes. sure, but I can say that right most... now and it looks like it's saying maybe it's around 50 euros. Right. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Sometimes a little more, a little less depending on the day. So and yeah. All right. I can speak to Europe parks and saying that like every park that we went to was half the cost of what like most of the parks in America 
are. Yeah. So, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the prices are good across the board. <laughs> wow. So you get to ride it six times and get all the other coasters in the park as well. Yes, correct. Very nice. That sounds like an amazing day. So then just overall thoughts, 10 out of 10, would ride again, clearly. <laughs> marathon. Oh, absolutely. Totally marathon this coaster. Absolutely. Uh, after the first time when we were in the first row, we immediately went back. And we got we got in line with the fast lane line before we had even purchased the fast lane for the next ride. <laughs> and the guy had already seen us and I was just like, just give me a second. I just need to buy it real quick. And he's like, take your time. <laughs> That's amazing. That's nice that you can do that. I'm surprised they don't limit the amount of them, especially with the long lines. But I guess it's oh, worth they, it. They do. They do. They're the. I think I couldn't quite figure out how they like set it. But every once in a while when we would check to Tatis, like it's in, everything's in the park Astory app, of course. Um, but every once in a while when we would check it, it would be sold out. And like the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, no, it's sold out for the day. And then I checked again like 15 minutes later and they had like openings for single use fast lanes. So I, I don't know if they reset it like every hour or like if there's a certain amount that they sell per hour. But I figured out that and this might be a little tip for anyone who's Ooh, going. Hot tips. If you reset or refresh the app, like close out of it and then reopen it on the hour between like the hour itself and the 15 minute mark. So like two to two fifteen, three to three fifteen, et cetera. That's mostly when I saw that they had openings for tickets, but for two tattoos, they go quickly. So you have to like be really quick with your fingers. Once you see that there's like an opening and throughout the day, like once I figured that out on like the third try, I would just refresh the app, like at like five minutes after the hour, every hour and that's how we were getting all of the fast lanes for because if you go like 10 minutes after 15 minutes after they're gone they're gone but then there will be more coming so all right i like this tip see you gotta listen (laughs) to the podcast get these tips everybody (laughs) of course oh and if i may add one other little tip about the park um Pretty much everywhere we went in Europe, all the parks we went to, English was perfectly fine. However, at Park Astory, you will find that very few of the staff speak English. So, like, interesting. Be prepared if you don't speak French or you can't speak it conversationally. Be prepared to like have whatever you need to ask written out on Google Translate, because you'll find that most of them speak French. Some do speak English fluently. But I found that that was very few and far between. So just be prepared for like a lot of French. Otherwise, at any of the other parks that I mentioned, you're good. Yeah. And Disneyland Paris, which I went to a couple months ago, that they were English was totally fine there. But I did find that in Paris that if you try, you know, like if you have if you start with like bonjour and then say hello, like letting Mm -hmm. them know that you speak English, like bonjour, hello, that usually if they speak English, then they'll know to try to help you or they'll be like, oh, sorry, no English, you know, that, right. that kind of thing. Um, if that helps anybody. But yeah, some I was ready with some conversational <laughs> French phrases, bathroom, <laughs> right. um, wait time, no, just kidding. <laughs> wait. 
Well, mine, I think mine, my main one at that park was phone charger. <laughs> I was, I, uh, do you do you know where I can find a phone charger like written out in French on Google Translate? And I would just like, I was like, bonjour. And then I would like show up my phone. What happened to your phone charger? Um, well, I had, I have like a portable charger that I keep with me. And for some reason that morning I had forgotten the cable. But another fun little tip about Park S3, they have these cute little lockers that you can go up to and they have both a, or not just both now because we have USB-C. So they have three cables. They have an iPhone, like an original iPhone cable, a micro USB and a USB-C cable and each of the lockers connected. And you can plug your phone up and shut the locker and take the key out and just leave it to charge. Everybody else out here in (laughs) 2023 and they're in 3033. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. Ugh. And it's free. I mean, like you just, you find an open locker and plug your phone in and you're good to go. Just take the key it's out free. and go back and get it. It's free. 100% free. And I found oh out gosh. about this because I asked someone who didn't speak very good English. Like I showed them my little Google translate thing on my phone that asked about a phone charger and they just pointed to the lockers that were like 10 feet away from me. I was like, Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> it's right there, Brad. <laughs> wow okay wow this makes me want to go to the park even more um and that cart idea and the locker idea everybody else get where come on parks right get it together (laughs) any upcoming trips planned for you well of course uh next month i will be at iapa (laughs) iapa expo Um, in orlando Corey and i are both going to be volunteering and putting out some apps for the podcast, helping the social media team. It's yeah. a lot. It'll be your first time, right? Yes, it will. I'm so excited. Get sleep now. It's <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's a it's a good week for sure. And are you going to hit any sure. other Orlando parks while you're there? So I'm volunteering the full week at IAPA, so I'm going to have to be strategic about my scheduling. I'm thinking I'll probably hit like one or both of the fun spot parks after the conference on one day since they're open till midnight. But on the day that like we all pretty much have off, I'm toying with going to Magic Kingdom and getting the Tron and Seven Dwarfs credit because I still don't have those. Um, awesome. I tried to get Seven Dwarfs when I went to Disney last year and the wait time never went under two and a half hours. So, I was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Tron opened this year and I was like, okay, well, now there's like two reasons for me to go. And so I might try to hit Magic Kingdom at least and then go to maybe SeaWorld in the evening. I don't know. I haven't quite figured there it out is yet, the but... There is an Ace event, the Surf and Designs right. party that Ace Florida is holding, which thank you, Ace Florida, for putting that together yes. while we're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited. Get some rides in on Pipeline. Have you been on Pipeline yet? Yes. I haven't. That's the only yeah. that and Journey to Atlantis are the only credits I need at SeaWorld. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get them. <laughs> well, Corey, thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with me. And everybody Absolutely. will hear from Corey again, I'm sure, during IAPA Expo, where hopefully we'll be bringing you a lot of news. We will be there to cover it all for you. But for now, Corey, thank you so much. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you so much for having me. A little trip to Paris today. I needed that. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Derek Perry, Ace Communications Director and the producer of the Ace Ride With Us podcast. And today I'm with my twin brother, Doug Perry, who's the Ace Social Media Manager. How are you doing today, Doug? <laughs> I'm great. And we're here with Rafi Kalegian, an Ace member who we got to ride Primordial with. But you might want to tell us how to pronounce your last name in the Armenian way. Right. So in Armenian, it's Kilejian, but to help make it easier for everybody, we just go with Kalejian. Thanks for being on the podcast with us today. And we're going to talk about Primordial, which we'll get into all the information about Primordial, which will include spoilers, but we'll give you a warning when the spoilers happen. So this part is spoiler free. So Rafi, where did you grow up and what got you into coasters? So I grew up in a suburb of Toronto, Canada. And my home park was Canada's Wonderland. We would go there maybe once or twice a year. And my parents were really awesome. Like they, they fostered this love that I had of rides and coasters. And I don't know how, but we ended up marathoning the Ghoster Coaster when I was like seven. <laughs> my sister and I, and my parents were so supportive of that. So, um, Canada's Paramount Canada's Wonderland was my home park growing up. And then we moved to the Dallas area to Plano, Texas when I was eight and six flags over Texas has been my home park since. And then, yeah, it just, my, my love of coasters just developed through that. So riding the Ghoster Coaster, it was like exclusive ride time before you even knew what it was. You just marathoned that. Over right. I mean, there was no line. We just, they let us marathon it, which was so crazy. Like they just let us stay on and they're like, again, and we're like, yes. <laughs> and we were seven years old. I was seven. My sister was probably about 10, but yeah, we just had a great time riding it over and over again. And then from there, how did you find out about American Coaster Enthusiasts? So I knew Ace existed in the fringes and I never actively sought it out, which I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot. I mean, I'm, I did shoot myself in the foot, I guess, for not actively seeking y'all out um, just because it's such a great group of people. Um, but I stumbled upon y'all when I attended Lone Star Coasterthon two years ago at Six Flags Over Texas, and Tim Baldwin was there hawking the roller coaster magazines from his table, and I, I got a few, and I was like, okay, these are these are my people. And then the next day, like we hung out and we I met a few people, and I was like, I think I need to belong to Ace. And um, not just necessarily for park run events like Lone Star Coasterthon was, but for way more. And just that community. And I was like, I think I found my tribe. I found my people. And so, um, yeah, really excited to have stumbled upon Ace about two years ago at Lone Star Coasterthon. We're happy that you joined. And yeah, Tim Baldwin is the editor of Roller Coaster Magazine. He does an awesome job with that. So. Did you read about Lagoon ever in Roller Coaster Magazine before you visited? I read about Cannibal and I've just, I just heard so much about this like homegrown coaster essentially like that they put together, but yet it's amazing. 
and people really had good things to say about it. And so I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to experience Lagoon. Like Lagoon has been on my bucket list. I had to make a trip out there eventually. And then when fall conference happened, I was like, okay, this, this is my sign. I need to make it out to Salt Lake City. So really glad I got to just the stars aligned. And I was like, okay, let's go to Salt Lake City. Did you know that Primordial was opening when you decided to go? So I was keeping abreast on Primordial developments, yes. On social media, both Ace and others, um, I'd seen that Primordial was testing. I'd seen that they built the queue line. They had the, and then I saw that Primordial actually valid, and I was like, oh no, like, is this going to delay? <laughs> so I knew it was going to be close. And then um, another member that we had met at Coaster Conference this year, Josh Hughes, he mentioned that he had talked with some other leaders, I believe in, in that area of ACE, in that um, division. And they said Lagoon was trying to get it up and running for Fall Conference. So when I saw that things were happening, I was like, okay, I think it's going to happen. But you know what? Lagoon has been a bucket list park for me. It doesn't matter if Primordial is open or not. I still need to go and experience this park. So the ACE Fall Conference happened a couple weeks after Primordial opened. It was perfect timing and everyone was super excited to get on this roller coaster. I know Doug went to the exclusive ride time as soon as the park opened for Fall Conference attendees. He went on it. Rafi, did you run right to the roller coaster also? Yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, we ran through, we ran through the pre-show. Um, they do have the double-sided lockers, which was great. Um, it is a little bit slower with their tablets, but you know what? Just the functionality is there, so that's awesome. And they they seem to be having a decent, like they had a really good setup where you put your lockers and then you go up into the into the loading bay. And I know it's a newer ride, but they they seem to have it pretty down. Yeah, I thought it was going really smoothly, um, and the line moved pretty efficiently. So once after you go through the lockers, then is that when you see uh, the audio animatronic Queen Azdra? You actually see her before, I believe. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right. So you see yes. her. And so the first time we didn't listen to her or her story, we were just like, we need to get this ride going. We need to ride. Um, but afterwards, I mean, after when we actually listened to the story, like it was and and looked at the visuals, the drawings behind her are beautiful. Like the quality of the building itself. I mean, we were looking when we were in line later on, we could see they had like copper gutters and they had like little ornamental details on those gutters. Like these are things that you normally don't see at smaller or regional amusement parks. So it was the little details that kind of just blew me away. In addition to the big ride, of course. <laughs> In addition to how the quality of the ride, I right. should say. So before we get on to the ride, we should probably tell people now that we're going to get into spoiler territory. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers about the ride, you should probably fast forward to the next section or skip to the next episode now. And because uh, we're going to get into it. So Queen Astra, is that the, the cat audio animatronics name? She 
So what is the story that she's telling? She's, I think, is there some type of like battle going on? And she kind of explains uh, the goal is to get the bad. It's not to get the bad guys, but it's to free the good guys. And the that's the dragon and the owl characters. Yes. Yeah. So, we, so we're jo- going to join her on this epic mission. <laughs> and then she has two assistants that she has enlisted to help us. In our journey. It's so cool that Lagoon, they created this new IP and this uh, new storyline. And, you know, and like you said, it's at a, like a family park where the whole thing, you know, leading into it, looking at the mountain and the pre-show, it seems like something that would be at this huge chain theme park. But yeah, they really worked on all the details and uh, set the story. So once you make your way through the lockers, through the pre-show and then up into the station, um, were the trains like what you expected them to be or how is the setup? So I was avoiding all spoilers as much as I could until that morning of when there was another ACE member and they, um, they saw me at breakfast at our hotel and they're like, Oh, silver dollar city. Are you here for the fall conference? And we met them there. And then they were like, yeah, so excited about, uh, primordial and and they're talking about like how it was amazing that they did everything in house except like when they reached out to trio tech and i was like oh trio tech and then i guess here comes the spoilers because i had i was familiar with wonder mountain or guardian of wonder mountain where there was a drop track and i was like okay so it's a shooting it's like an interactive shooting ride with possibly a drop track and i was like okay so unfortunately I had that in the back of my mind from that morning. Like I had avoided all spoilers. I knew it was interactive, but I hadn't seen like I had again, I'd avoided almost all spoilers. You got so close, like so close. <laughs> and then that. I was like, okay, there might be a drop track in here. And then but the the when you sit down and the I guess the blaster or the gun is attached to the vehicle. Like the vehicle itself, I don't think I've seen that anywhere else where it's kind of just in front of you and it just hangs out and you just kind of angle it. And then I didn't know that you had to like press the buttons at the same time and then kind of push forward to release it so that you could get full range of motion at first. I didn't know that. So I was kind of like, oh, this is so limited. I can't really shoot the targets or, um, but yeah, then, so I guess, I don't know. I definitely need to help with that. Like kind of releasing the, uh, Oh, for sure. It did take a little bit to get used to. Yeah. To release the button. They did. Um, every time I sat down, at least they were like, do you know how to use this? And they'd be like, push this button to release and then push this one to shoot. Mm -hmm. So they did a good job, at least like in person in making sure that we would be effective at least in using the gun. Oh yeah. They were were very helpful. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And even the ride, like even getting in how it turned, I thought was really innovative. I don't know if I've seen that before where you just you just get in. I mean, the moving platform we've seen with, I guess, Universal has a number of them. And, um, but this one, the ride vehicle turns on its side where you get in and then it just like rotates and takes off. Like, I don't know if I've seen that anywhere else. So I thought that was pretty neat as well. 
Yeah, I don't think I've seen that either. So it's cool. It's how there are two cars per train and it's four passengers per car. So it's uh, eight total. And then, so most of us have seen the outside segment of the ride, but for those who haven't, can you describe what happens before you go into the mountain? So you go out, you turn around a little bit, go up the lift hill, and then the onboard audio starts. And there's a nice, they just, they let you go down and it's basically like a helix, right? Mm -hmm. You just go down and up and then you enter the building. And so it's a nice thrilling, thrilling section. It's not, it's nothing too crazy, but I think it's just the right amount um, for, especially for a family ride. And I thought it was fun because they give you the 3D glasses to wear. And I was, I was like, I don't usually wear these outside. So, <laughs> so I think that was a unique part of it too. And I was at first worried a little that they might fall off, but of course not. They stayed you on. know, when they gave us the 3D glasses, I was like, okay, this ride isn't going to be absolutely insane. Right. Because they don't want to lose their glasses. <laughs> right. There won't be any inversions on this attraction. Exactly. <laughs> but it does get pretty wild inside. And I know that Doug usually avoids all spoilers, too. So, Doug, did you know what was happening before you got into the mountain? Or was it totally a surprise for you, too? Yeah, I didn't know. I knew that it was interactive, but I didn't know anything, anything specific. But, yeah, like right when you enter, there's all the fog and the green lights and the lasers and everything. It looks really cool. Yeah, I was really impressed with the way it looks right when you enter the mountain. And then the fun interactive element begins. So what, what do you see on the screens when you first go in there, when you first start the game? Oof, was that the bug one? Yeah. I don't, I don't. I think it was the, yeah, the spiders. The spider one. Yeah, so there's these spider, um, I guess they're just spiders and they're like pods that are hanging down and you just start shooting because <laughs> i mean i'm trying to think do they even give you direction i don't think so i don't yeah i don't know i think you just like kind of assume you're like okay i'm here and there's a screen in front of me <laughs> let's shoot thing yeah it's not like one of the games where they say tell you exactly which ones to target or um or where you get more points or anything yeah it's just you just instinctively go for it so now it's second nature we've been on interactive rides so we just know what to do so compared to other interactive attractions was it like easy to shoot the targets or was it more challenging do you think they did so the first two times i wrote it i was in the front row on the very right and as you're kind of moving in um i was the very first person so to me, the targets were like right there and relatively easy to shoot. And I ended up having the higher scores. Um, but I think we came to the conclusion that if you're earlier in the train, like to see the things on the screen, uh, you will automatically end up with a higher score because you actually have access to the targets first. And then after like the second train, or if you're on the left-hand side, the second car, I should say, of the train. And if you're on the left-hand side, you almost have no targets to shoot at. So your score is a little bit uh, more anemic. So that's a pro tip when you're board, boarding. Yeah. You just board all the way to the left. <laughs> and I mean, the ride is in technical rehearsal. So officially, like, they may change that. And if they're listening, I mean, I would say, yes, please add a little bit more targets throughout the vehicle, I guess. 
just so everybody can have a more even chance in scoring. But yeah, I was the highest vehicle scorer the first few times. <laughs> but no, no, it was just my placement, my seating. So after the first screens, were you surprised at what, what happened next in the ride? Yeah. So this was a total surprise. So then the seats rotate. Um, I had a nice figure of the characters. And then you go down into, I, I don't know if it was another helix, but there's a little, little down and up. And so uh, really impressive, especially like the arches are they're they they're not like partial arches they actually completely created the sets that you go through so i thought that was really impressive they didn't mm -hmm. just cut corners on that piece but yeah fun little backwards portion and then you get to the next interactive i think it's the stingray part well i don't know if they're stingrays but they look like stingrays <laughs> <laughs> so we'll call them stingrays and then so you can rack up some more points that way so when you're over there is the person on the front left are they still leading or does it rotate around do you remember the front right i believe is still leading yeah it's it's like the front car and the front right that is leading mm -hmm. for the most if i remember correctly so you're racking up all the points <laughs> yeah there, and then there is a section where because it was going backwards, then like you turn to the left. So, or maybe that was entering the yeah. Room, so which you we haven't you, even gotten. To you that go yet. slowly. Um, you, I think you just move through that room slowly, and then you go into the final room. And then that final room is where every everything comes to this climactic finale. Which the first time you went on it, what what did you see in that final room? We got the owl i believe like the first four times <laughs> um the owl i believe it was like the ice they were in some icy area and the owl was chained mm -hmm. and so i think we were shooting and the first time I, I don't know if we were we were we weren't exactly clear on what we were shooting i think i was shooting the owl as well <laughs> We're like, trying to free the owl. Right. Well, I mean, at the afterwards, because again, we ran through and we didn't really make the connection about the owl and the dragon. <laughs> but that's what, once you ran on it a couple of times, you understood. Yeah, yeah so I no, guess absolutely. we're like, uh, yeah, I think I, I was trying to shoot the chains and to free. I got the dragon the first two times. Oh, so nice. you either get to free the dragon or the owl. And it's really cool when you go in. It's, you know, a huge screen and it kind of wraps around where the ride vehicle is and does the ride vehicle kind of like rotate from one side to the other so you can see all the action that's going on and then of course there's still other characters that you're still trying to shoot you know targets so there's a lot going on but it looks really impressive oh absolutely yeah it was so well done it was definitely one of the best attractions like that that I've seen. And then what happened on your first trip through the mountain? The owl gets freed and then it comes to a conclusion and you see the fog come up and I was like, oh, here we go. This is what, <laughs> this is where my spoiler from this morning comes in. And then just as expected, there was a quick drop. And I was like, okay, so there's a drop section. So did you get the straight down drop that first time? 
we got the straight down drop and we this was before we understood that like oh there's actually two sections like they split you off and so the next I think it was the next time that was when my mind was blown when they tilted us forward and then they like they it was like a drop tilt I guess a tilt drop I don't know yeah I think on RCDV they're calling it a slide drop a slide drop but it was like a forward slide drop right the first time mm-hmm. and i was like my mind was just like blown because i was expecting another vertical drop and so it was yeah the second time again like i was just taken aback at like what just happened <laughs> and then and then it came and then i realized i was like oh okay there it actually like splits into two up above and there's two different rooms and again mind blown for a family run amusement park to have such high-tech engineering where they actually split the track and there's two different experiences but then even then like that slide track we we got it going backwards a few times where we would rotate and then it would drop us on our back did you get the side drop (laughs) The I did side not. slide. <laughs> I heard. I was gonna say I heard a rumor that there was a side slide. I think but... I got it once. <laughs> I think it may have been my first one. I think it was the first one, so I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're just trying to take it all in. So, so how would you explain the slide drop for someone who hasn't experienced it? Because I never got the slide drop either. I got the the first time I went backwards, I fell backwards the and I did that twice two rides on it and then the third one i got the drop track which was really cool too but what's the slide the side slide how would you describe that so is this it's just kind of like instead of going forward or backward you're like go to the side like on a i don't know on time traveler or something you know if it's like you leave the station Mm -hmm. on the first drop you're just riding on the side like that kind of thing and then do you kind of swing out at the bottom i think so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was I was just so lost in it and it's so immersive that I didn't know what was happening and I but I'm pretty sure that that's what I got and also based on you know Elijah and Jackie and Craig who I rode with the first time that's what they kind of said was happening too okay so you just knew you were loving it and you didn't know what was going on yeah I wish I'm sure they'll do like a documentary sometime on it so we get to see the behind the scenes of like what is actually happening but um, Julie Freed from Lagoon, she said that there is eight different possible endings, a combination of the different drops and the owl or the uh, the dragon. So which is really cool. So it's the type of ride that, you know, not only do you want to go on it over and over, but it's kind of like you have to to catch all the endings. And I appreciate how secretive they were. Mm-hmm. Like, um, even the employees, we were talking to someone the next day in one of their shops and they were like, did you get to experience primordial? And we were talking about the ending and they didn't know about the multiple versions. They were like, what? They were taken aback. <laughs> That's so cool. So even, even amongst their own employees, like they didn't know the different variations. 
So I thought that was really Yeah, funny. I'm impressed how they yeah, how they kept it a secret for so long. Yeah, I loved yeah, talking to all the employees and they seemed so proud of it. And you know how you said like it's a family run park and it was built in house with uh art engineering and triotech and they all wanted to find out like what did you think of it they all wanted to ask like the ace perspective you know because they know so many of us ride so many rides so they were totally into finding out what we thought about it and i guess julie was on a trip to canada's wonderland with her father david freed her uh, late father and they were at canada's wonderland in 2015 and they went on the wonder mountain roller coaster and i guess her father was watching Julie's reaction on it, like not knowing she didn't know what to expect. So he was watching her, you know, seeing her ride through the ride. And then after they experienced it, they're like, oh, we need to get a similar type. We want to build our own mountain coaster. And it, it took them seven years, I think, before it actually opened up. And I think it was definitely worth the wait. It was you know, one of the most incredible attractions I've ever experienced at a family park or any park. I would agree. I mean, the fact it it sounds like Lagoon just goes to their own drum, like they or I guess their own drum beat. Like they just do whatever they need to do, and I think that's awesome. Um, just like everything else, like it was there, it was clean, it was a good experience for everybody, and it opened when it opened. I mean, it opened at the end of the season, like. I mean, most parks would try and rush it and they were just like, let's have it ready when it's ready. And so if it took six or seven years, it took six or seven years. And of course, COVID didn't help with that. But who knows how much faster it would have been without it. Right. Yeah. And there might be so many, so many challenges doing it in-house, but so impressive. And Doug, weren't you telling me about some of the improvements that they're making to the ride vehicles to make them more accessible? Yeah, I actually read in Tim Baldwin's Ace News article um, about that. The uh, So basically, uh, once the park closes for the season following Halloween, he, uh, he said that Primordial will continue to be tweaked and a vehicle for those with disabilities will be used to allow people with special needs to board in a separate area, taking all the time that they would need. And then once loaded, the train will emerge from behind a mural and slide into place. And then after it also, he also says that after the ride is fine tuned, the park hopes to increase the capacity to around 900 when all the trains are flowing as designed. That's so cool that they're doing that. So it's been a really popular ride. Would you suggest that when people get to the park, right when it opens, that they make their way over to Primordial as soon as possible? For sure. And um, also the fact that it's a newer ride, it, there is the possibility of it going down as well. So you want to get, you want to get on it before that happens, if it happens. Right. Yeah. So you enter the park and take a left and f follow the parade over to Primordial. Um, but yeah, there's it, it's cool that you know just walking up to it, you can see all the architecture and the details, like you were saying, and the mountain, and then with the pre-show, it really does make the line go by quickly. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, a, it seems like it's a huge success. It seems like everyone I talked to were loving it. They were loving it and they want to get on it as much as possible. Yeah. I, I can't wait to go back. I want to try and get the other endings of the ride. Um, I, I hope we all get 
all the variations at some point. Right. If only they let you choose. <laughs> yes. Maybe someday they will. <laughs> um, so was this your one of your favorite rides at Lagoon, do you think? I would say so. I mean, favorite non-classic ride, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, again, it was just so impressive. Even walking up... Um, one thing like the water you can tell there was a water feature um where they're gonna have water like it's a waterfall but there's animal carvings in the rock work like i don't even know once the water's going are those animals going to be seen but they still took the time and effort to put those in so it was just it was just the little details that blew me away Mm -hmm. that i think in totality just made it like this really neat experience it wasn't just a ride it was that whole experience and the fact i mean their operations yes it was a very popular ride we actually waited um in the evening again and we made it through in an hour and just again those operations were really impressive like they did really well so i mean it was even though it's such a popular ride, is brand new, it is, it deserves it. Definitely one of my favorite rides that I've ridden this year by far. And I even thought how you're talking about the efficiency and how great Lagoon is and everything. I was even thinking of the ride, the attendant that they had while you were waiting in the queue, that they were letting people, they were kind of organizing if people need to leave and use the restroom or whatever. So they would let you leave and come back and they it was very organized and very thoughtful i thought yeah it's just it's just an awesome park and an awesome ride highly recommend it definitely check it out worth a, worth a visit to lagoon i think fantastic addition to the park for sure if you would like to hear more about primordial lagoon and the ace fall conference check out a previous ace ride with us podcast episode where jessica talks to joseph Caesar all about the ace fall conference it's a great recap you have to check that out and you have to check out primordial it's an epic adventure that you're gonna love it goes 40 miles per hour it's 85 feet tall the length is 1984 feet it's a long ride it's perfect for the whole family everyone's gonna love it so you gotta check out primordial at lagoon in farmington utah just outside salt lake city Thank you to all our interviewees on this episode for telling us about your coaster experiences. That was our sixth episode of The First Drop and our 100th episode. To all of you who listened to Ride With Us from our entire team, Thank you so much for all of your support. We hope you're enjoying what we do. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars if you can, rate and review. And if you have any questions, comments, or podcast episode pitches for us, please reach out to podcast at aceonline.org. Don't forget to check the website, ridewithace.com. And remember that Ace is everywhere you consume your social media, on Facebook, X, Threads, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Make sure you're subscribed to Ace's page is on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Follow Ace everywhere to stay on top of all the coaster and park news coming out and to hear what your Ace membership has to offer. And if you haven't joined Ace yet, what are you waiting for? Thanks for listening. Hope you get to ride a hundred coasters today. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, 
a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.